I had something happen this week. It's certainly not the first time, but it has been quite some time since I have had that since I have been surprised to this degree. But I had something that was very unexpected that I did something happen that I did not see coming was really not prepared for. I don't really know for sure how prepared I can ever really be for things like this. And I certainly don't want to be bracing against this or holding any sort of position to protect myself against or defend myself against these kinds of things happening because then I'm I can't really be who I am in any given moment if I'm if I have a you know a defensive stance. But in this particular case, the details are themselves, as I usually will tend to say, are not really important, and they really aren't, because ultimately what is what I feel like is important to convey is what actually was going on in my mind as this was happening, and how mindfulness practice ultimately helped me uh, from the back away from the precipice of emotional turmoil and emotional self-destruction, psychological self-destruction. Not in, not in any sort of, I, not in any sort, there was no physical danger that I was in, definitely not. And this was more of really how I interpreted the events that happened. This is what I would refer to, probably the best phrase I could utilize, at least in, in the English language, is that this particular endeavor just completely crashed and burned and it happened really quickly. The fire, you know, went up really, really quickly and there was a lot of emotional reactions around it on different people's, uh, different, the, on the part of different people that were involved in this. And there was a, it was a lot of reactivity um, and it just was I think it took everyone, I mean, I can't speak for the other people, but it really, really took me by surprise. And I, I really did not see the, these events coming. But what I, what I do want to convey more importantly than anything is what it really felt like at the time and how the practice of mindfulness, the, the accrued benefits of having done this for a long period of time really helped me navigate this. This actually is fairly, this one is actually fairly fresh in that it just happened yesterday. And it probably has not even been 24 hours since this, uh, the, the chain of events or sequence of events started unfolding. But what I, what I find so incredibly, uh, I guess I would say the word interesting is that as soon as the first person in this group communicated, that there was going to be, at least on their part, a uh, no further participation in this. Uh, suddenly, there was reactions from everyone, including myself. And I found myself thinking a lot. Immediately, what really started happening is, and I think based on what I heard other people share, and what I've heard people share in situations like this, is when we feel things falling apart, when things are quote unquote going up in flames, when we see that our relationships with other people, at least the way that they had been for a period of time, suddenly and unexpectedly shift and change. And maybe the relationships end. Maybe there is a period of, of discord or a period of disagreement or anger or whatever it is or, you know, 
different people lashing out at one another, whatever the case may be, what I find is, is that it tends to, at least for me, and many people I've spoken with uh, on this particular subject, there is a tendency for what I find is that I will project my own insecurities about why this thing is going up in flames, why this thing was completely falling apart at the seams, you know, why this thing was coming to a crashing halt. And I basically am saying that with a little bit of a giggle because I'm what I'm, it's not, it's not that I, that I'm giggling or laughing at what happened. I, but I am finding humor in my own taking my own concept, my, you know, me taking my own concept of myself so seriously to the point that I began to only see this through my own eyes. It was the way I thought it was. And when I, when I speak about, you know, the way that we think things are, at least for me, it's usually informed by my own biases, which are ultimately the things that triggered me from things that happened in my, you know, previous times in my life, things that have scarred me emotionally. Uh, wounds that I am still holding on to physically as well as mentally and psychologically and even spiritually. And so what I found myself immediately doing was starting to have my own reactions, feeling my own body contracting, feeling my own mind contracting, feeling my own heart closing as I began to run. And it and it startled me to the point of it, it was actually, I found it really interesting to see in real time. It's in what I realized is that mindfulness practice allowed me to be able to be aware of what my mind was doing fairly quickly. And so this did not spin out of control. I did not have, you know, an emotional spin out as they say. Um, and that has nothing to do with me. It just has to do with the fact that I'm just one person that has sustained this practice for a period of time. This this kind of perspective is available to anyone. Uh, there's nothing special about me. There, I don't have any particular unique strengths. I am very, very human. I am very fallible, very flawed as a human being. But this practice enabled me to be able to very quickly start to see that I was having really, in a lot of ways, the same reaction that I've had every time I have a relationship with someone that somehow comes to an end or there is some sort of disagreement or there is some, some sort of emotional upset. But it's so interesting how it happened. I could see it unfolding as it happened. In other words, I, I had slowed down. I guess my best phrase for this that I can at least use is to that it slowed down the game tape. It slowed down the film of this movie that was going on in my head. And I began to feel as different people were communicating about what had happened. I felt myself and I also saw other people. It appeared to me that that's what I was seeing in them. Now, I really have no way of knowing and it really doesn't matter. Uh, there's really no need for me to know that. And the only way, the only reason I even bring that up is that when I am in a situation with people where a relationship suddenly goes up in flames, uh, something suddenly goes south, as they say, uh, when it feels like the whatever line of communication I had with somebody has been interrupted, I know that I don't, I'm not in the business of reading their minds. I'm not in the business. I'm not clairvoyant. I don't have any ability to be able, nor do I really 
want to be able to spec or want to speculate about what they're thinking or why they're reacting a certain way. The only thing that I really need to know for me, and I'm not advocating this for anyone else, but I'm just sharing my own experience in the hopes that maybe it resonates with other people, is that I want to be aware that they that, that, that those other people or that other person, if it's just me and someone else, that they may very well be doing the same thing I'm doing. And if I can be aware of that, then I cannot take everything that they say so seriously. And I'm not saying that when I say not take it seriously, I do take what they're expressing seriously. And I do take the intent of what they are saying seriously. But the way that it may be presented to me, the way that the reactions that surround what is being communicated, the way it's being said, the words that are being said, the content of what is being said may not really reflect how they really feel because I want to be aware of the fact that they may be doing, it's possible they're doing the very same thing that I'm doing. And even if they're not, it doesn't really matter because it allows me to, in a very volatile moment and in a very vulnerable moment, and I feel like I, I never feel more vulnerable than when I am in a situation with someone where I'm communicating or in a relationship with someone that for some reason it feels like suddenly everything has just fallen apart, just crashed and burned, so to speak. Uh, that, that is the time when I feel most vulnerable. I, I begin to envision, I play my own tape back or my own film of what it feels like for me every time I have ever felt like I have been rejected, whenever I feel like someone has turned their back on me, whenever I feel like someone has closed their heart to me, I am running all that through this. I'm running my, my uh, experiencing of what is actually happening in any given moment through those filters. I don't want to do that because I know ultimately if I do that, I'm going to be reacting not only to what is currently happening, but I'm also going to be reacting through the lens of hurt and pain and rejection and abandonment, whatever my issues are from something that happened in the past. And it's not the place that I want to be here. You know, I don't want to be in that frame of mind. I don't want to be living somewhere else in my head. Where I really want to be is here now in this moment as it's actually happening. And even if it is uncomfortable, even if it is difficult, even if I am feeling rejected or someone turning away from me or feeling like they have given up on me, whatever the reason may be, I find that the only way for me to cope is for me to first be aware of the fact that I am beginning to filter this through my own my own previous trauma, my own previous pain and suffering that I have caused for myself through continuing to carry those things around. Uh, there's no judgment against myself or anyone else. It's just that we're human. And I know that it is, a for me, a work in progress. I'm not there yet. I have not completely released all of the trauma that I'm carrying around. I have not necessarily healed all of the scars that I have due to situations that I have been in in the past. And many of them were my own doing. And many of them, I, and all of them, I take responsibility for. But it's really what I want to convey here is that it, it, this is an ongoing endeavor. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a healing professional. I don't have anything really to say in term that I, that I feel like is relevant or necessary uh, in you know in detail about this other than I just want to be aware of is in as much as I can 
of the fact that I'm still walking around with some pain and trauma from previous parts of my life. I don't want to be pulling all those out and analyzing all that in the moment. But what I do want to do is be aware of the fact that anything that I feel suddenly moved to say or to react to how it feels to be in a situation where things are falling apart and something may be ending with a group of people, I, I at least want to be mindful and aware of the fact that right, you know, in, in those moments, there was definitely emotional reactivity. And for some reason, which is still really, I don't know why, I spent the first few minutes very, you know, feeling very reactionary. I was, I felt just this avalanche of different emotions. I was angry at certain people because of, of, of me feeling like this was their fault and going through the whole, how could they, you know, doing all the, uh, you know, just that sense of injured innocence, you know, how, how could they do this? Why would they do this? Why didn't they say anything to me about it? Uh, you know, I just, I, I just went through all of these different thoughts and that's really what they were. They were all thoughts in my head. And then as things spot continued to spiral out of control, then I began to find myself feeling frustrated with certain people and not under, and just completely bewildered by what it was that was being said and what was, you know, how people were responding to one another. And I was feeling, I was experiencing all those things that were being shared by other people. And I was also experiencing my own reactions and my own emotions. And it felt very overwhelming at times. I will admit that there were several times during this occurrence or this, this particular drama unfolding uh, that this is what was going on. And it became very difficult for me to really have any perspective at all about what was going on because I was completely wrapped up in believing everything I was thinking about what I was feeling. And as simple as that sounds in some ways, it's, uh, it, it's, it doesn't really even fully describe what it feels like to be completely overwhelmed. And the, when I tend to feel overwhelmed, my tendency is to, I want to run away from it. And I think it's a fairly common reaction. I'm not saying that everyone reacts this way, but I found myself just wanting this to end. I wanted it to be over. I just wanted to shut it off. And I know that had I given into the temptation to just walk away, the one thing that kept me from doing that was my own recognition. And I don't know where I had this moment of clarity. The only way I know that I could have had it is because of this practice, because of being able to be aware of, of what I was thinking, of how I was thinking, how I was reacting, what it was I was telling myself. It gave me really this unique gift of a little bit of space. I'm not saying that I was suddenly able to completely go into this place of bliss and peace and joy and uh, in perspective, but I was able to, it just was able to get just a little bit, just a tiny bit of headspace where I could begin to witness my own thoughts and reactions. And I could clearly see that I was making this harder on myself. I was causing myself more unnecessary suffering, not to judge myself or to beat myself up emotionally, but to just be aware of the fact that I was doing this so that I could stop doing this, so to speak. 
and it began and I began to become aware of the fact that this is one of my in terms of my own uh, issue my life issues and I do feel compared compelled to share this that when I have dealt with fear of other people and their reactions and fear of my own failure fear of of of, of having to really embrace my own weaknesses and my own shortcomings there is a tendency for me to be afraid to take responsibility and this is one of the few times in life in my in my life that I can say that it was very clear to me that I had started all of this I this you know this working group was really my idea this is something that I had been wanting to uh, to see happen for for some time that it was going to have to be me that stepped up and take responsibility for this. This isn't something that I do naturally uh, in situations like this. Some some parts, some uh, situations in life, it's very easy for me to take responsibility. But when there are different personalities and there is pain involved, and there is a lot of reactivity, and there is the, you know my own reactions to my own sense of failing all of these people. And feeling like I've let everyone down and this whole thing is my fault. And I found it interesting that in this particular situation, all of the people involved were expressing that sentiment to a certain degree of the feeling of guilt. For of, And I'm not, I can't speak on anyone's behalf and say that everyone felt this way for sure. But it's at least the way that it appeared to me. So when I am basically with a group of people and we're all, it appears that we're all beating ourselves up emotionally and judging ourselves and feeling inadequate and feeling like somehow we failed everyone else. This, this is an environment for me that is highly unlikely, at least historically speaking, for me to step up and take responsibility. And somehow I was able to do that. This, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, and I certainly am not asking anyone else to do that. But the only reason I'm bringing that up is because of the practice, because of the fact that I just, as a, a normal, average human being, with no real unique gifts, so to speak, to have and get continued to engage in a practice that just simply, it's not easy, but simply has allowed me to pay attention to my own thoughts, to realize that just because I'm having thoughts, and they're quote-unquote my thoughts does not mean I have to cherish them. It doesn't mean I have to take them seriously. It does not mean I have to defend them against other people uh, when they disagree with me that I can actually find myself just even with a little bit of room between my own ability to witness, to stand outside of myself and see that I am just thinking thoughts that this is nothing more than notions in my head. It's my take on something. It's my interpretation of something. And it doesn't mean it's absolute reality. And in, in almost all cases, it's what's referred to as relative reality. It's just my perspective. Uh, <clears throat> while, I, while I will admit that in, in certain situations, relative reality, uh, I can find that I can certainly have a pretty, uh, you know, fairly accurate take on something. And I find other people do as well. If the more that you drill down into it and the more that you, and I'm not advocating, you know, a lot of analysis here that yes, even someone's take on something in a, in a lot of cases is, is quite true at a certain level. But what I'm also realizing is that where, where I want to be when I am struggling, where I want to be, where I'm suffering, the perspective that I want to see this through in all cases 
because it's the only way I'm going to be able to cope is from the perspective of absolute truth. And I may be fooling myself on that too. I may think that I can see the reality of what's really going on through absolute truth, but as a human being, it may be very much beyond me to even really truly be able to do that. So if I'm not really necessarily capturing 100% absolute truth, at least with mindfulness practice, I at least have more perspective than I do if I believe everything that I'm thinking is absolutely real because I know that it's not. So at least I'm better off. It may not be 100% accurate, but at least it is from a perspective that is removed from identifying as the person thinking these thoughts and having these reactions to something that's going on. And in this particular situation, I feel like this really did save me emotionally. I was able to step up and take responsibility because of the practice, because of the cultivation of this perspective, and at least be able to extricate myself from this continued self-torture that I very easily could have been involved in. And that historically speaking, this is usually the way this has always gone for me because this is what I've perpetuated. And in this particular case, after taking responsibility to my, the best of my ability, I'm not saying that it was perfect, that I basically released myself from any guilt or responsibility for what had happened beyond any responsibility that I had personally and that I could ultimately not be responsible for other people's reactions and thoughts. I wanted to take responsibility for, you know, I want to sweep my side of the street and keep it clean, but that's all I can really do is clean up my own game, as, as one of my very dear teachers used to say. That's all I can really do is work on myself, as he used to teach us. And I really find that to be true. I do love other people. I do really care about other people. I really do want to be there for others. But I know that before I can even do that effectively, that I have to be able to really the work, any work that I'm doing is going to be on myself and my ability to be able to cope. And one of the ways in which I've been able to cope, and in this case, this really turned things from, I could have spent days or weeks or even months in reaction to this. I could have literally this has been my life's pattern. This is the way I've normally rolled, so to speak, has been that I would basically just withdraw from this situation entirely and withdraw from all of the people. And believe me, I had thoughts about that. I really did. Not about everyone in this case, but there were certain situations in which I found myself just no longer, that's how I was processing it. But that's only how I was processing it. It was not the absolute truth. And I was able to salvage you know, part of a day that I would have spent the rest of it completely self-destructive in a self-destructive way. And I would not have been kind to myself. I probably would not have been kind to others. I would have been of no use to anyone else. And I really certainly couldn't have been the best person that I am capable of being. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to achieve perfection. But I feel like at the very least, I want to be the best human being that I possibly can be. And that I do want to be of service to others. And I do want to love others. And I do want to be of service in any way that I can. But I know the only way for me to do that is to cope mindfully. And the only way I can do that is to practice mindfulness. The only way that that is the only way in which I can be able to not suffer through or from my own thoughts that are in many cases self-defeating. The self-talk in many cases can be very negative, so to speak. 
although I don't want to get caught up in positive and negative. But it's really for me about, and I'm, and I freely admit here that I it would have been very easy for me to withdraw from people in the future, no longer wanting to ever be a part of any groups, no longer wanting to take any risks. But I don't feel that way today at this moment, and I feel like this will. I don't want to get into speculating whether it will continue, but I know that usually this is a good indicator for me that this is how, if how I feel the next day is usually how I'm going to feel ongoing that I will be able be able to and be willing to be vulnerable that I will take chances again I will take risks I will I will be open to new people I will be open to new relationships and opportunities to work together with others and be of service together with others and thankfully it is due to this practice of mindfulness